This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, back in the home studios here. Lotus Broadcasting, my man DeMond Cotton behind the wheels of steel. Your boy, Q, going to hold it down for the next couple hours. Uh, then we'll pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonjour and Lincoln Kennedy in the huddle right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, t- the morning tailgate got us started off this morning with Clay Baker. He was back in action, and I uh, definitely appreciate Clay allowing myself and Hondo to hold it down yesterday from the Oyo. We had a lot of fun holding down the morning tailgate. JT the Brick, of course, did his thing. You just heard him get wrapped up noon to two. Uh, very excited about the lineup that we have here and able to bring some great uh, Raider conversation and football conversation, just conversation in general each and every day here on Raider Nation Radio. And I've seen tons of reaction. I've seen a lot of positive reaction. I've seen a lot of negative reaction. But reaction is reaction. It's going to be what it's going to be. And, of course, Raider Nation, throughout the course of the show, we're going to want to hear from you. Get your thoughts. The Raiders come away. They escape Cleveland with a 16-14 to victory. We were watching that game uh, at the Oyo. Shout-out to all the folks that came out. DeMond was there. Uh, some folks from the Raiders were there. Some uh, some other media Media, uh, media. What do you guys call yourself? Media personnel. Media relations. That's media all it is. relations. That's I know it's not that hard. Q, it's not that hard. Media personnel. <laughs> media relations. That's right. Uh, had a couple folks out watching that, and uh, of course, my guy uh, Jess was out, and Jason was out, and Demi, and and Moms was out. So it was a really good time hanging out, watching the game, and uh, I'll tell you. Uh, there was one big sigh of relief when uh, when the Raiders and Daniel Carlson was able to kick that field goal and win it for the second time because the first time. They, they called a timeout. I knew it was coming, too. I was sitting there, and I'm thinking, this dude's about to call a timeout. And they call a timeout. Carlson hits it. And I think, okay, well, the last time we saw that happen when Cleveland kicked a field goal, they overcorrected themselves. You know, Carlson's kick was a little to the right. What's he going to do? Well, he overcorrected himself, but he didn't overcorrect himself. He just hit it square, dead perfect. middle. Yeah, it was a perfect kick. So uh, Daniel Carlson comes away with the, the big-time kick, and the Raiders come away with the 16-14 victory. And before we get into the, the show at all, Really, and I just said this to DeMond. I made this comment right before the show started because, as I said, I've seen so much reaction. I've heard so much reaction. Uh, people on Twitter have hit me up and you know, told me that uh, I was crazy for giving Derek Carr a game ball uh, on my podcast this morning, and that's okay. Hey, I mean, hey, this is why we have this, this platform, so you can chime in and you can say whatever you want. If you don't agree with me, that's okay. That's fine. Uh, I, I, don't, I'm, I don't sign up to be disrespectful, but sometimes people do, and that's fine. I mean, if that's, if that's your bag, that's your bag. But I told DeMond this. There's never been one thing in my life, not one thing in my life that I've ever won that I walked away upset about. I mean, really, I have never won a game. I've never won a prize. I've never won anything that I walked away and was upset about. Exactly. You said that. And I was like, man, you're right, because you got so many fans that are upset about a win. <laughs> I would never be a fan of a team. Someone, they tried to be funny with me on Twitter yesterday. It was like, are you OK with Tannehill's decision making? And I said, one thousand percent. And they were like, are you joking? It's like, yeah, I'm being a little tongue in cheek, but no. Right. Like, hey, the quarterback's got us in a winning situation. You're in the mix. So why would you be mad about that? It's not like if you lose out, you get the number one pick. Right. So right. It's, you want to make the playoffs or are you going to be like celebrating, jumping, you hooing for right. the 14th pick in the draft? Right. 
No, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's it's so funny to me, but uh, you know, sometimes I think we need to put that in perspective. Just have you ever won anything in life? Just ask yourself that question. Have you ever won anything in life and you were mad about it? I mean, seriously, I've never signed up for anything. I've never competed in anything, and I'm and I'm competitive as it gets. I want to win at everything. <laughs> I'm talking dominoes. I'm talking go fish. I'm talking you know whatever tag. I don't care what it baseball. I don't care what it is. I want to win at everything. And if I win, that's good. I've never, ever won at anything. Like, there's never been a time where I beat Mama Q in Domino's and was like, damn, I won. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it wasn't a good win, Mom. <laughs> I won, but it wasn't pretty. I hate hate that. Get mad at your opponent. Why'd you let me win? Right. You could have done better. That was ugly. Sometimes you just need to put it in perspective, but I get it. I get it. You know, ugly wins happen, and and that's exactly what happened with the Raiders on uh, on, on Monday against the, the Cleveland Browns, a, a Cleveland Brown team that was very beat up. But the Raiders, they didn't go in there, uh, you know, full full throttle either. They didn't have all their guys either. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that game. I thought it should have really been a blowout. I said multiple times while we were sitting there at the Oyo, the Raiders should have put this game away a long time ago. They played with their food. They allowed the Browns to hang around, and, and I said this on the show a couple weeks ago. You know, if you hang around and hang around and hang around, you can steal a game at the end. And I was saying that in, in, in respect to the Raiders, you know, against the Chiefs. Hey, if they hang around and hang around, maybe they could win one at the end. That's all the Browns tried to do. Hang around, hang around, and win it at the end, and they damn near did it. And if you're not – if you're a Raider fan, just take the win. If you're a Browns fan and you want to say, hey, man, but once we get our players back, we could still make this push. Okay, that's fine. Let that be the Browns fans that have the yeah, but mentality right. about the Raiders getting the win. But if you're a Raider fan, just accept the win. Just take the dub. Just take the dub and run. You know what I mean? Like, just take the dub and run like, and escape. Just like the Raiders escaped out of Cleveland, escape. Yeah, I don't want any callers today just be like, yeah, but. No, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, they're, they're, gonna, they're coming. <laughs> they're coming. I Believe me, I've been feeling them all morning. I've been feeling them all morning about people angry, upset about a a a, 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 a win. And, you know, that becomes a mindset, and I get it, man. The fan base is beat up. I understand. Believe me, as a longtime Raider fan, I'm, I'm beat up too, but I'm beat up to the point where the team doesn't, doesn't put me in that kind of mood no more. I'm just I'm, – I'm good. I know that there's way too much other things I have to worry about than just uh, if a team is going to win or lose. Yeah, I want them to win, but if they lose, hey, they take a hell. So I get it. I understand the frustration. I understand being beat up from a, stand, uh, a fan's point of view who sat there in the stands and seen many losses. You know what was depressing? The loss that was depressing? How about, and, and I've, I know someone's going to hit me up because they say, oh, you talk about this game all the time. But that very last game in Oakland, that was depressing. Losing to the Jaguars. Bad officiating. You know, the Raiders should have won that game. That was bad officiating at the end. But they also had opportunities to put it away, and they didn't. I think, that the, I think everyone in Raider Nation could say, hey, remember this game? Hey, remember that game? That was a terrible loss. I mean, I think you could do that. But why do that after they win? They found a way. They stumbled into a victory, so you don't have to brag about it. It's not one that, you know, we walked out of the oil, and I was like, yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. What you know about that, Browns fans? And there was Brown fans there. There was guys rocking Browns jersey. I wasn't talking no trash. That's not a game you go and talk trash to. You know what I mean? Like, you don't go and get crazy and start, start you know, popping off. But you take the L or you take the dub and you run. And that's another game where you, like, I feel like for me, because I've been doing it all day, where you look at all the little playoff probability things because the <laughs> right. AFC is so stacked. It's so messed up. It's so stacked. You're right? looking at every team, the one team that's in the wild card picture, that maybe they could even win their division, the Bills, where it's just like their last two games, they've got the Falcons and the Jets on the schedule. And that's like the only team that's like two of their three games where you would say as a lock, 
You would predict them to win. But you know what? I wouldn't be shocked to see them take an L in one of those games. But every other team that's in the mix, everybody's like, everyone's playing each other. Right. So if you're a Raider fan, you just got to believe that your team can win. You know, and, and look, I, I've said it multiple times. Uh, we, we all talked about, well, they needed to go on a four-game winning streak to, to get into the playoffs. I don't think that they're going to do that. I still don't think that, even after squeaking out a victory against the Browns. But sitting there at 7-7, seven and seven, it's nothing to poo-poo at. This is I, I mean, you you're still in the mix. And it's almost Christmas, and you're still in the mix. And this is when you say one game at a time. You know how teams like they you win have to. and it's like, hey, you one have and to. Now yep. we're one and oh because the Broncos, you hate to see it, but Teddy Bridgewater – more than likely going to be out. Yeah, Drew Lock will be the quarterback. quarterback. Yep. One and oh. Yep. Eight and seven. The Colts, who knows what happened in their in what's going to happen in their game this weekend. And they look like I mean, they look like one of the best teams in the league right now, at least with their running game. Now, Carson Wentz, I I'll, you know, argue that he's not really worth the salt, but if, as long as they got that run game to lean on, they're still winning games. They're playing the Cardinals. Maybe the Cardinals beat them up real good. The Cardinals Maybe. lose to the Lions, you know. You just never There's know so how many it's going to play out. Buts. So, yep. so many variables, though, yep. but you have to not like be optimistic, but you just never know what's going to happen. Just know that, and I know this as, a, like I said, a longtime Raider fan, that when the Raiders used to lose, I would never turn on ESPN. I would never turn on TV because I didn't want to see the highlights because you know it was coming. You knew the bad highlight was coming. I didn't have no problem turning on SportsCenter this morning and watching, well, the Raiders thought they were going to lose and found a way to win. Like, I mean... People were goofing on the team for, you know, playing with their food as long as they did. But ultimately, they still won. They still won the game. And then Derek Carr, when he was talking to Steve Weish after the game, right there after the mm-hmm. game, puts the headset on. And he's like, people were talking about our futures, you know, before the game starts. You watch he never the- listens, though. He never <laughs> listens to anything. <laughs> you got me there. Shout out to DC. He never listens to radio. He never listens to podcasts. He never reads Twitter. He doesn't do any of that. But he knows that people are talking about the future. He referenced the pregame shows. Yeah, he sure did. Somebody told him. Right. Yeah, yeah. His brother. Yeah, exactly. There you yeah. go. So I, I love that, though. All They all do it. You know, all the players, they listen to a certain extent. They might not be listening to this show. They might not be listening to the station at the time or whatever. But they'll read Twitter. They're there. They see it. They don't, you know, they don't gloss over. Even when Casey Hayward said he never heard that, you know, he was, he was washed after last mm-hmm. year. Levi asked that question, and I know we all got a great laugh out of it. But it was out there. Everybody has said it. You know, not not everybody, but yeah. but the big, you know, people that supposedly matter, they had said it. They had said he lost a step and he came back and he balled out. I love it when when, when it's just like, oh man, he doesn't even have cable or right. he doesn't watch TV. Come on. Okay. They hear these things. Everybody hears it. They, if look, I'm nobody and I hear all kind of things <laughs> all the time. Hey man, I heard heard this about Q. I heard this. I, I hear all the stuff all the time. And I ain't nobody. So you know that these cats, they're hearing everything. They hear it all. I just like how they always play it off, though. I didn't, I didn't even know that. Got to block out the outside noise. They do a good job of it, though. I, I got to take a lesson <laughs> from them. I do. I really. If there's one thing, if there's one area of my game I need to improve, is not paying attention to a lot of things. And the minute I start really learning how to not pay attention, that'll be even better. That'll make my day even better. But I'm I, glad you can admit it. I, no, I'm serious. I just try to give too many people the benefit of the doubt way too often. You know, I, I engage in conversation, and I realize that probably about two two tweets in or whatever, two sentences into the conversation, that this is going nowhere. I just need to abort mission at that time. But unfortunately, I stick around and I hang out. So I'm going to learn how to to do that. So I want to throw it out there as we bring a question to the show each and every day. We always want to hear from you, Raider Nation. You kind of know how we feel about it. Uh, Ugly win is better than a pretty loss. I'll tell you that right now. Any day of the week and twice on Sunday. You don't have to agree with the way that they won, but just agree that they won. They're sitting at 7-7. and So with them sitting at 7-7, and And the P word is still a possibility. You know, uh, we're not even concentrating on that. 
but you know that it is still in it's part of the conversation still. We're not we're not concentrating on that. They've got to win a couple games in a row before anyone starts talking about the P word. But just know that they're in the mix. If you had to describe this up and down roller coaster type season that has arrived at seven and seven after fifteen weeks, which actually fifteen weeks won't even be officially done until tonight. How would you describe this 2021 Las Vegas Raiders season? What would be your description of it? I know we've talked about what a 30 for 30 might be. That was after everything happened earlier in the season. But right now, I don't think any of us, including myself, I didn't think they'd be sitting at 7-7 seven seven right now. I really didn't. thought that after that Chiefs loss, it was almost like doom and gloom. Maybe they you know, lose the rest of the way. I have no problem going out saying that. I have no problem going out saying that. I'll give them credit for finding a way to win this game in Cleveland because they had multiple ways they found to lose that game. They found so many different ways to lose it. And then at the end, find a way to get that dub. So I want to know, how would you describe this th- season so far through 15 weeks as the Raiders are sitting there at seven and seven with three more to go, including a home game this Sunday at, well, against the Denver Broncos, which they've already beat the Broncos once. The Broncos don't look bad. Thought they were waving the white flag when they traded Von Miller. All they did is go off and, and reel off some wins and some pretty big wins as well. And one other thing I'd like to note and, and point out about what the Raiders have done. Think about the teams that they've beat this season. Every team that they've beat, they're not beating up on the Jags, the Texans, the Jets. They're not beating up on those teams. They're not. And there's no disrespect to the Titans. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go there. But they're not beating up on those teams. Look at the teams that they've, they've beat. Baltimore. Pittsburgh, Miami, you know what I'm saying? Denver, Cleveland, Philadelphia. These are all the Cowboys. These are all teams that are in the mix. They're all in the mix. Every one of them is still in the mix. The Eagles have an opportunity to do something tonight. Every one of their wins this year has been against teams that are still in the mix. They're not beating up on slouches. They're not beating up on the sisters of the poor. They're winning games against teams that are still in the mix. Does that not say something? Does that not stand for anything? It doesn't have to be pretty. You can throw every stat at me you want. I get it. Pro football focus, we have those guys on the show a lot. You can give me all the numbers you want. You can tell me where Derek Carr doesn't rank. You can tell me that the defense ain't worth the salt. You can tell me the running game's terrible. You can tell me Alex Leatherwood is struggling. And I would not disagree with any of that. But what I will say is they've gotten seven wins over teams that are still in the mix, and it's almost Christmas. That has to stand for something. It's got to stand for something, right? 702-365-9200. That's the Radio Nation listener line. We'll take a couple quick calls, and I'll let you know who's coming up on the show because we have three fantastic guests, as we normally do on Tuesdays. But uh, who we got up first real quick? Alan in Vegas. Alan right here in Vegas. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show, brother. Hello, hello. I'm driving, but I just wanted to say that, uh, in a word, frustrating. That's the season. That's how I define this entire season. Frustrating. Okay. I like that. Frustrating is a good one. Frustrating is a very good one because frustrating is okay. And I know Rich Passaccia said the other day, frustration is a, is a wasted emotion, but I get it. I get it. Frustration is a good one. I like that. All right, there he goes. Allen in Vegas, be safe, be safe out there uh, on the road. We'll take one more quick call from Shields Up. What's on your mind, my man? Well, just kidding. 
Shields up, didn't have time. He got me again. That happens. It happens. Well, Shields up, go ahead and call, call us back if you'd like, 702-365-9200. We also have the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword r I do want to tell you the guest coming up on the show. Matter of fact, in a matter of minutes, Ed Graney from the Press Box and the Las Vegas Review Journal. He'll join us to talk about everything he thinks uh, is going on with the Raiders season. I'll ask him how he would describe it. He's a writer. I'll ask him how he would describe it. If he had to put a title on this season so far for the Silver and Black through 15 weeks, what would he say? So that's coming up at 2.30. Ed Graney from the Press Box, also the Las Vegas Review Journal, does a fantastic job. 3 o'clock, our weekly Tuesday guest, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. We'll talk all things NFL with him. Of course, we'll talk about uh, the Raiders' victory. We'll talk about Week 15 still rolling on as there's two games tonight. And then we'll talk about, you know, everything COVID-related going on. COVID is hitting every single sport. NHL, there's hockey games that are being postponed. There's NBA games that are being postponed. A lot of college hoops are are being postponed. A lot is going on, but we'll talk to him about that as well. Uh, Talk to him about being still in the mix uh, in week 15 and and what different teams, not only the Raiders, but other teams have to do moving forward. Uh, Just a lot of good conversation we have each and every week with John McClain, so he'll join us at 3 o'clock. Then we'll close the show out at 3.30. Our last guest will be Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. We have him on quite a bit, and we'll talk about the Raiders' defense. One of my biggest keys going into that game yesterday was they've got to find a way to stop the run. Nick Chubb is a monster, and they didn't stop him. Let's not make any mistake about it. They didn't stop him, but they slowed him down. He only got, and I say only, he only had 92 yards, but the Browns as a team didn't have over 100 yards rushing. That's not a bad job for a team that's not very good at stopping the run. You know, and guys like Divine Diablo, you saw him stand up and and play a really good game. Jonathan Abram. He probably played his best game as a Raider. He got injured at the, at the end of the game, hurt his shoulder, but he stood up and played a really good game. Stopping the run. K.J. Wright, look how many snaps he took. So we'll talk to Ted about the Raiders' defense in particular, how they were able to, how Gus Bradley was able to kind of orchestrate a, a, a game plan to slow down the run and give themselves a chance. Because, again, as many people have hit us up, and I said this last night at the OYO, how many people have hit us up on the show and said the defense is trash, defense is no good, Guess what? The defense is what allowed the Raiders to have an opportunity to win that game. If it wasn't for the defense, they'd take an L there. Simple as that. How many people hit us up and told us Brandon Faison's not a defensive back, uh, an NFL defensive back, and every time he made a play yesterday, what'd I do? I looked at you and said, That's an NFL player. We've been hit up. We've been hit up. That's, yo, We've that, been hit up. I'm just, and, and, and why I bring it up now is because I like, I like to have some proof to back it up. Brandon Faison played a hell of a game yesterday. Hell of a game. He had, what, three or four passes defense that weren't easy. They weren't just easy breakups. They were good NFL defensive back plays. That first catch of the game, we all thought that Mullins hit Peoples-Jones. Yeah. Right, oh, man, like that That could have been like, that would have put him in scoring position. Yep. But, yo, Peoples-Jones, he makes the catch. But facing comes and just punches it punches out. Punches it out. In completion. Yep, Those exactly. are winning plays. Those are, thank you. That's a great way to put it. Those are winning plays. Brandon Faison off the Chargers practice squad. Has he made a ton of plays? No. But he hasn't been as bad as some people think he has. And yesterday he played a pretty damn good game. So I want to make sure to give him credit for that and shout out the defense. So we'll talk to Ted Nguyen coming up around 3.30 about all things Raiders defense. But Raider Nation, I do want to hear from you. We've got a ton of text messages already rolling through on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword r and Let's go ahead and hit a couple of those real quick. Uh, how about this one? Hey, Q, I would say proud. This is from Raider Ryan, by the way. Say, hey, Q, I'd say proud. Why? With everything this team has been through on and off the field, I'm proud of them, and they still have a chance. That's Raider Ryan right there. Thank you for that text. I appreciate you, and I don't, I don't disagree. I think that, you know, at, at some point, you want them to take that next step, 
get over the hump, but you got to be a little proud that they're still fighting. Late December, they're still fighting. You got to be a little proud, I think, that after throwing that bad interception and you thought it ended the game, Derek Carr went out there and had the stones to go make it happen. He he brought a, had another comeback, another fourth quarter comeback. He's had a ton of those in his career. Got to give him credit for that. You don't have to like him, but you got to give him credit for being able to come back, help the team come back and kick that field goal. And after he threw that interception, what did he go tell the defense? If you get the ball back for me, we're going to go win the game. That's what I like. Now, I don't know why it takes all the way to the last second of the game to go have that kind of mindset. I, I, I wish that you would hear him say, hey, you get the ball back. We scored on the first drive. You get the ball back for us again. Give him a three and out. We're going to go score again. I'd love to hear that. It didn't happen. That's one of the things, one of the biggest mistakes I think the team, team made yesterday. They scored on their first drive, looked aggressive. Derek Carr was moving around the pocket, making a lot of plays. And then all of a sudden, it went quiet. It's like crickets. It's like the lights went out until late in the game. Field goals ain't going to win games. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll win at the end like it did. But if you, you get a couple touchdowns, the game's over. Early. It would have been over early. That's where they messed up. But, again, I'd rather talk about them having a lot of things that they need to clean up following a win than talk about what they got to clean up following a loss. Again, anyone who chimes in on the show today, just for S's and giggles, tell me one time in your life that you ever won something and you were mad about it. Just one time. I challenge you because I don't think that there's anything out there. Now, if there you got some kind of weird reverse type prize and something and it ended up being terrible and you were mad that you won, okay, you might get me on that one. But for the most part, when you win something in life, it's nothing to get upset about. Just saying. One more quick text and we'll hit the phone lines. Uh, this one's from East Bay Raider Gray. I would describe this season as in- inconsistent from the way the NFL has interacted with the Raiders to the play on the field. It truly is week to week with this team. I think that's fair. I think that's more than fair. Inconsistent? Very much so. That's why we're not talking. That's why we called the, the P word the P word. Because it's not, <laughs> it's not time to say, well, they, they can make that run. They're going to go make, you know, win the rest of the games. Go. No, I mean, you got to be consistent. You got to win some games. You got to win back-to-back games. They haven't done that. Win, loss, win, loss. And remember when we were doing the preview on the Browns? One of the things that I asked Tony Grossi was, hey, if you go back and look all the way to that Thursday game that the Browns had with Case Keenum, they won, loss, won, loss, won, loss. That's inconsistent. You're not going to be a playoff team if that's what you do. And look what they did. They stick with their pattern. They lost. If you go back and look, that's how their pattern's been. That's their pattern. You can't be a, a playoff team, but because the AFC is so scrunched up and bunched up, everyone's still in the mix. They could have been. Think about how sick they are in Cleveland today. Think how sick you'd be, Raider Nation. Remember that Kansas City Chiefs game, that Sunday night game, where everyone was talking about, hey, the Raiders are playing for first place tonight, and then they lost the game, and then all of a sudden everyone felt sick the next day because you knew the opportunity that the Raiders had? Well, think about the Browns. They could have woke up this morning in first place. Instead, they woke up in last. Think about that. Think how sick they are. And all they were was, what, a minute 30 away from winning? If that. Yeah, that's got to be the worst feeling. They're sick. First to last. And they're I just sick. looked at their schedule. They, they started the season with the first loss, won three in a row. And since they won that three in a row, they have not won consecutive games since. That's what I'm saying. Inconsistent. Just like East Bay Raider Gray said. That's how the Raiders season's been. Inconsistent. It's been the same for the Cleveland Browns. We'll take one quick call, and then we'll get to Ed Graney from the Las Vegas Review-Journal and also the Press Box on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, 702-365-9200. Who are we taking this call from? Fargo Raider. Fargo Raider, welcome to the show. What's up, brother? 
Hey, thank you for having me, Q, Demond, respected alumni. <laughs> uh, go ahead and say. <laughs> My bad, man. I saw how he wrote out the lineup earlier, and I just had I had to do it. I had to do it. It's all good. Thank you, thank you. I'll take I'll take it. Yes, sir. I'm gonna say that uh, I'll start off with what the season feels like to me is a swift kick in the balls, man. First, it's a shock, <laughs> and then your stomach just hurts for a while. You know, that's what it felt like most of the time to me. But I'm a I'll. I'll quote a historical figure here. Victory belongs to the persevering. Napoleon Bonaparte said that. We persevered and we won the game, man. I'm not going to apologize for winning. I don't care if it's ugly. You know, it might have been the last call, girl, of uh, wins, but, hey, it's a win. You got to put that in the W column. Uh, I'm just glad we're not the butt of jokes and starting a fresh uh, losing streak, man. Look at it that way. Let's try to be positive here. I think Abram and Faison along with the whole defense, showed up. They pitched a shutout for a half, man. When have we seen that? When can we talk about our team like that? That's improvement. I'd like to see that. I'm happy about it. Renfro and Carlson, you know, happy birthday to the GOAT. And uh, and belated happy birthday to Mama Q. There you go. Um, but they showed up, man. The drops need to stop. we got to protect the ball better. we got to do better. True. When we get possessions where we're going to gain, we need to make sure that we make that happen. And I think D-Jax needs to get Zay's routes, man. Zay's, I'm not going to call another man soft, but the man's scared of contact. That's what it looks like to me. He's always falling before contact. And on that pass that got picked off, everybody blames Carr. But if you watch it, if he just continues to run, run through that pass, catches it and takes the contact, that's not a pick. The DB did run through that ball, and that's why he picked it. Um like I said, I'm I'm happy just to see that there was a will to win in their eyes. And it's something I haven't seen for a few weeks, and it was encouraging. Thank you guys for taking my my call, and you have a good one. It's cold as hell out here. <laughs> I know that's right. Fargo Raider right there. Thank you for the call. The one thing I'll say, you're talking about DJX taking Zay Jones' uh, reps. DJX has got to hold on to the ball. DJX has got to catch the ball. He's one of those guys, and I'll ask Ed Grandy next. I think he's one of those guys, similar to what Henry Ruggs was early in his career, where you got to get him involved early and keep him engaged because he has concentration drops, uh, and that's that's a problem because that, that drop he had in the middle of the field, man, that was a big play. That was a big-time play where that drive could have been resulted in some points. It ultimately didn't. So D-Jax is going to have to do his job and catch the ball before he tries to run. Uh, one quick text from my guy, Tom, and I do appreciate you, Tom. 69187, keyword R&R, then we'll take a break. Yeah, Q, winning versus the Chargers two years ago, got them rugs in Arnett and Leatherwood this year. Get them wins. Six wasted first-round picks. Keep winning meaningless games. That's from Tom. And the only thing I'll say in defense of that, they got six first-round picks is what you're talking about. Five first-round picks is, is, is what I remember off top. I'm not – it's not on me – who they pick, it's not at all. I mean, the game is still a good win. A win is a win. I don't, I don't never, I'll never ever say that a team should lose a game for a better draft pick because just like you rolled out, who knows who you're going to pick? Who knows how that player is going to turn out? Obviously, 32 teams didn't believe Max Crosby was going to be worth a damn or else he wouldn't have made it to the fourth round. You never know how these players are going to – I mean, it's a crapshoot. When you, you could have all the analytics, you can have all the draft gurus, you could have everything you want, all these specialists. Look, they had a young cat that's playing for the Baltimore Ravens that went undrafted. He had better numbers than Justin Herbert did in, in, in the Pac-12. He went, he went undrafted. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not pounding the table for him. Let's not get that wrong. 
But the, the draft is, a, is not a, it, it's, it's not a science or an art. It's really luck. You luck into some of these guys. Now, some organizations do a lot better than others. The Raiders have struggled. I get it. But I'll never say, oh, you should not win that game so you can get a better draft pick. And if you had six draft picks and you end up, like you said, wasting them, those are your words, not mine. I think Ruggs is a very talented dude. We all know what happened with him. I wouldn't say that's a wasted pick. Arnett, terrible pick. Leatherwood, well, I said it then when they drafted him. Early, too early. But that's that's me. I'm not a draft guru. I'm just going off personal opinion. So I don't think that games are meaningless. When you only get 16 of them back then, now you get 17. No game is meaningless in my point. 228 is the time when we come back. Ed Graney from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, also from the Press Box on our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. He'll join the show. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 2.33 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Been taking some good calls and texts straight off that uh, Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. If you're trying to get your call in, just hold on tight because right now we have our good buddy Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas' The Press Box, 7 to 10 a.m. with Tyler Bischoff. It's our sister station, also the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Does a fantastic job with both. And, Ed, we've been talking about the victory. It wasn't pretty. It was 16-14. to 14. The Raiders escape out of Cleveland with the win, uh, but they're 7-7, seven and seven, and somehow, someway, they're still in the mix. Uh, what, was, what was your overall thoughts when you just saw uh, Daniel Carlson hit that field goal and, and, and ultimately win the game for the Raiders? Uh, everything you just said, Q. Listen, um, as I wrote for the paper this morning, you don't argue with wins in the NFL, and you don't argue with road wins this late in the season if you, uh, you know, have a chance to go to the playoffs. So, they didn't play well. It was completely ugly for about 58 minutes. Um, but you don't argue with it. And given who they were playing, uh, 18 guys out, eight starters out, I don't even know if you watched the film. I didn't hear Basachi today, but I think you just move on. It's a short week. You throw it away, and you try to get ready for Denver. And, you know, again, I also wrote that team last night that we saw, they can't win out. But you're in a week-to-week league. You know, Brady had five fantasy points last week. You never know. You know, Detroit beats Arizona. You never know when teams are going to kind of go forward or go backward. They need to go forward, and nothing is preventing them from doing so. Um, they're going to see Drew Locke this week. That's, you know, I think it's a downgrade from Teddy Bridgewater. So you get a little momentum going, going to Indy by getting the win, and who knows? Like I said, they, they've got to get better, but it's there for them. And if that kick doesn't go through, then it's not there for them, and this thing's over. Right, exactly. And that's one of the things we've been saying. I, I even went to the, the length, Ed, and said, I've never won anything in my life that I was mad about. <laughs> no, no, they have no business being mad at the win. Now they're they're smart enough to know they didn't play well. Right. They're smart enough to know they they escaped what would have been a, just a disastrous loss. But you don't apologize. You get seventeen of them now. It used to be sixteen, and you should never apologize for winning in that league. Like I said, especially on the road, especially late in the season when you're actually in it. Um, so they have nothing to apologize for. They just need to get better. Right, exactly. They need to clean that up. They know it, and like you said, just throw out the, the tape and just get on to Denver because, well, uh, they're coming down the pipeline quick, fast, in a hurry on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. So my question to you, Ed, is the first drive of the game, the Raiders went out there for only the fourth time this year and got a touchdown on the board, and they look like, okay, this is going to be one of those games where they really just go out there and kind of like the Cowboy game and be aggressive and throw the ball down the field, and, and Derek Carr did that throughout the course of the game. Some people got upset about that, but he did throw the ball down the field but the inconsistency with the offense they score that first touchdown then it's crickets the rest of the game until they you know have to have a couple field goals late in the game to win but what what why is it why what's the disconnect with the offense well he got no help from his receivers who are dropping balls left and right right he got no help from his offensive line which just hasn't if we're all honest it just hasn't been good most of the year so 
it was weird because if you look at his stats, you're like, well, did he play well? Well, he was maybe one of their better players on offense, given mm-hmm. everyone was dropping balls and, and getting holding penalties, and you can't get holding penalties. I also thought Greg Olson, look, they realized, not that they didn't know all of a sudden, anyway, that Nick Mullins gonna be, was going to be him, but they did realize early, if the defense plays well enough, you don't have to take a ton of chances. So, you know, it was very balanced run to pass until the last two drives where they had to pass to get in range for Carlson. Um, at one point, it was, I think, 23 runs, 24 passes. So Greg Olson, I think, at one point said, look, if you get a lead, it's not the greatest strategy because, you know, obviously they fell down. But I don't know if he wanted to do too many crazy things given what they had on the other side. I mean, Cleveland was, you know, not good at all. I mean, Nick Chubb couldn't get going for a long time right. until they started feeding him the ball more down the stretch. So I do think Greg Olson kind of had a strategy in his mind that, yes, take some shots down the field, but let's not go crazy here because you keep punting the ball away and, you know, you're going to have to, you're gonna have to uh, dare a quarterback like that, a third-string quarterback, to drive the field and to beat you. Now, he almost did. <laughs> right. um, I think it was a combination of that. I think it was a combination of his car didn't get much help. And they couldn't run the ball. I mean, Jacobs couldn't run the ball at all. That goes back to the line uh, more than anything. But they somehow got it done. I, I, w- I was with you. He was eight of eight. He was eight of eight in the first drive. His seven different receivers, and then Brian Edwards did in the red zone what you know they told us Brian Edwards was going to do in the red zone since he got drafted, and he hasn't done it. Um, but he did it yesterday, and you know uh, on a fade, uh, you know hard hard pass to complete. Sometimes it's a hard play to complete, um, and they got it done in the end. And you know again, it's one of those things where they have to get a lot better. It's a short week. Um, Denver has a nice roster. Like I said, you'd want to face Drew Locke over Teddy Bridgewater, I think, and that's what's probably going to happen because of the concussion. So you get that one, and then all of a sudden you're just staring at two really good opponents, one on the road and one at home, and if you want to make the playoffs, you're going to have to find a way. Yeah, that's it. You just got to find a way. It's week to week. You got to continue to just take it one game at a time, which I know that's what they're preaching right now uh, in the practice yeah. facility there in Henderson. Ed Graney is our guest right now on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And you mentioned wide receivers dropping the ball, and Deshaun Jackson had a really bad drop. And for me, yeah. uh, Deshaun Jackson seems like a guy that you've got to get him involved early, kind of similar to what we talked about with Henry Ruggs when he was still playing with the team. Get him involved early and get him engaged. And I feel like that's the reason why he puts the ball on the ground is just those, those concentration drops. Yeah, it's the focus drops, and I agree with you. If you got if you got him a few like chippies early, like you know a few quick outs, and just get the ball in his hand so he can do something, I think he'd be more productive. Um, Foster had some bad drops. Uh, you know, Jacobs, I remember a drop. Mm-hmm. Um, Zay had some stuff until the end there. Um, uh, look, I mean, when Hunter Renfro muffs two punts, it's a right. bad night. Yes. <laughs> so when that guy starts muffing punts, you're like, okay, they're just not all together here tonight because that guy's as securable as as they have. Um, I agree with you about Deshaun. They need to get him going, man. I mean, again, you know, they're they're facing three tough games, especially the last two if they can get the win this week, and they're going to need contributions from a lot of people. It's funny, like I said, he hit a lot of receivers last night. Um, so a lot didn't, you know, some didn't have a lot of yards, but he did spread it around enough to where you think Deshaun Jackson is going to be more and more involved, or should be more and more involved, like you said. Um, and it's not going to hurt you. I mean, you're going to have to get that guy involved. That's why you got him. To, to make a difference down here in the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of the run game, what about Peyton Barber? I thought he was a nice little yeah. you know, one-two punch for uh, Josh Jacobs. Again, they didn't have a monster game, but, I mean, they had more yards rushing than Cleveland did. Yeah, they did. I thought Peyton Barber ran the ball well. I think he was over six on average. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the Joker's not there. The Joker's hurt. So you've got to have someone spell Jacobs at some point. So I thought Peyton Barber played, you know, ran the ball real well. It all comes back to the line, man. Um, I just think it all comes back to the line and, you know as well as anyone what's happened with that line this year and the people switching around, the people they've plugged in, and 
Um, it hasn't been good. They've, you know, I think, you know, the entire season they've ri- missed what Richie Incognito could have given them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think they miss, you know, in, in a lot of ways, Darren Waller on both that way. And also obviously they miss him in the passing game. So, you know, can they get better in week, what would it be 15 or 16 next week? Right. I mean, they just need to, they, they, they have to get better. And it, like I said, you know, that team that beat Dallas, like they could win the next three games. That team that lost that one last night, they can't win any of those three games. Right. So you you, you don't know on a week to week, and 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 but that's the whole league. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's very few teams you're looking like. Okay, that's an automatic. You know, the Chiefs are playing well. There's some teams playing well. The Packers are playing well. But after like a few teams, like I don't know what they're going to bring. Brady, I don't know if Brady got no. Brady didn't get within the twenty this week against the Saints, right? Who obviously have his number a little because they did that to him last year, and that that was the number one offense in all of the NFL before last week. So. Um, the Raiders can do it. They can make the playoffs, and obviously, if they win three straight, I think their percentages on the on the New York Times uh, metric was ninety six percent. So they're going to get in if they go ten and seven. Um, and you know, you just like I said, it's a cliche, but like you just said, it's a cliche for a reason. You do one at a time. You don't think about anything except Denver. You're not good enough to think about anything except Denver. And you try to get that one, and you move on to Indianapolis. Talking right now with Ed Graney from the Press Box here on our, well, our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, also the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond had a question for you. Yeah, Ed, I know this is looking ahead a little too prematurely. Uh-oh. but if they do here finish, you go. Not that guy. If they do finish, let's say, 9-8, and eight, because if they do finish 9-8, and eight, it's a 50-50 shot that they do make the playoffs. But if they don't, what, what would your, what's your story about this team in this season if they are on the outside looking in, but well, they finish above 500? I mean, it's just going to, I think, def- be defined, Demon, as, as a drama season from their head coach of what happened to their wide receiver what happened to their cornerback what happened. They've just been filled with nothing but drama. You can say, actually, still being in a playoff hunt is a credit to the people still on the team. Uh, a lot of teams would have gone south with all that's happened to that team with Gruden and, and, and Ruggs and Arnett and everything that's gone wrong there. So um, it'll just be, you know, Mike Mayock said it before the season, they're a playoff team. Now, when Mike Mayock said it, he didn't know all the stuff was going to happen. So, you know, I think <laughs> right. that would have maybe changed his view if he knew all those three mm-hmm. things were going to happen. But if they don't make it, um, I think it's somewhat disappointing. And then, you know, I read Paul Gutierrez had a good story in ESPN about, you know, you know, because yeah, I think cleaning house is going to happen no matter what in some ways. Right. Um, I'm far more interested in Mayock. I think they're going to have a new head coach. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, short of him, you know, taking the playoffs and going really deep. Right. Um, Mike Mayock's interesting because I want to see what Mike Mayock says if he's going to keep his job. Because what did we what did we all say from the very beginning? John made every decision. Mm-hmm. John made every final decision. Mayock probably had a, you know an opinion. Hey, I like this guy. I like that guy in the draft. John made the decisions. So I'm really interested to see Mayock's stance on that if he's able to keep the job. I thought Mark Davis had an interesting quote to Paul Gutierrez. He said he's the GM, and I don't know why he wouldn't be moving forward. Right. So maybe in a weird way, Davis gave away that it's already decided. I mean, I, I, I thought that was like, boy, that's the most he said since any of this happened right. in terms of who's going to come back. I just think if they're 9-8, and eight, it's a drama-filled season, and you got to clean house to some respect. Obviously, the two main ones, if Mayock's coming back, Rich Bisaccia, I think they'll move on from in terms of the head coach. And then you have a quarterback with one year left and no dead money. And that's going to be maybe the most important decision of all, depending on who the GM and head coach is. What do you do with Derek Carr? You can move on from him with no money, or you can extend him. I think they have to do one or the other. I don't think you can have him come back and play in a, in a lame duck here. I, I don't think that would be fair to him. and mm-hmm. It probably wouldn't be fair to your team because that would be every question every day from the media. 
Right, exactly. And, and and that goes to all the free agents that you try to bring in. That goes into, yeah. you know, yeah. they all are going to have that same question. So, yeah, uh, I think a lame yeah. duck year is out of the question as far as yeah. Derek Carr goes. Now, now, Ed, before we let you go, I, I wanted to ask you about Jonathan Abram. I know he left the game last night with the shoulder injury, and I thought that that was very unfortunate because I felt like he really played his best game as a Raider last night, a game that was more his style, down by the line of yeah. scrimmage, physical, uh, stop yeah. the run, and, and have that opportunity. I mean, he almost had double-digit tackles, and he had a couple tackles for losses I thought that that was a really good game from Abram I thought it was the perfect scenario for him like you said um, he's not going to win any points covering people but if he can just stay in the box and go tackle people he had some great hits on Chubb um, led him with nine tackles like you said two for loss before he went out and got hurt I think you're exactly right going forward what their plans are with Jonathan Abram I don't know I mean if he's so good in that position and Gus Bradley remains the defense coordinator maybe Gus Bradley you know loves in that spot and you know he just continues to develop there but you hit it on the head. That was a perfect game, perfect setup for John Abram to have his best game of the year, and he did. Um, I think the MRI is coming on the shoulder, uh, right. so hopefully he can get past that. And you know, if it's dislocated or whatever happened to the shoulder, they can get him ready to go. Uh, it's that's a hard injury for a guy who hits as hard as he does and tackles the way he does. Um, but we'll see what the MRI says. But you're right; he had the best game of the season. I mean, what you know, he's really struggled, so it might have probably been one of the best games of his, career, of his short career. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're right about that. And Ed, before we let you go, I got to get a UNLV question in. Uh, conference play is going to start on the first of the year for the hoop team. Uh, what do you think? What do you? Uh, how, how, are, how are they looking right now to you as they prepare for conference play? How do you think that they'll do in the Mountain West? You know what? I think I picked them fourth or fifth, and I don't think I'll come off on that yet. Um, you know, they've had some good showings. They've had some not-so-good showings against really good teams. You kind of see what the level's at. He's got a couple kids who are hurt that he's going to have to make decisions on, one in particular, um, uh, Victor, to where he's going to have to make a decision on a red shirt. And I'll say this for UNLV. They are trying everything, to you and DeMond knows this, to get people out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are giving free tickets away. They're giving $5 tickets away. They're giving packages with hot dogs and sodas. And I still think it's going to be tough to really get a lot of people out there. If you're not going out for free and $5, you just aren't going to go to the game. They're going to have to, Tyler puts this best in the press box, they're going to have to win, and they're going to have to win consistently for a long time for us to get back to the time of, you know, fourteen to 18000 Now, a lot of that has to do with we're a pro team now. When I first came to Vegas, it wasn't that, you know, the pro team queue was UNLV basketball. Mm-hmm. I've been to games there with 18,000 people there against Louisville and Rick Pitino in Arizona and Sean Miller. But that's not who we are as a city anymore. So Kevin's going to have to win a really long time to get that back. Um, I like Kevin a lot. I hope he's really successful there. Um, but I'd say right now in Mountain West Conference, they're a mid-range team. But just from what we've seen from everyone else in the league and non-conference. All right, Ed, this is the final question. <laughs> January 1st, San Diego State's coming to town. Who you got? Well, come on. You, you just asked me if I'm going to pick against my alma mater. Right. That's like, tell, that's like asking <laughs> well, if he's going to go against well, his own I, kids. He I going, mean, come on. Make the right choice, Ed. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to give anything away, but given I think San Diego State's won 21 of the last 23 meetings and they're my <laughs> alma mater, I probably should I should probably side with them. But, again, that's a great game, DeMond, where, you know, if they can get 8,000, San Diego State will draw. Right. People here hate San Diego State. It's their best rival. I don't care what anyone says. That's the rivalry in the league for UNLV. If they get 8,000, this is the one thing about Thomas Macfellas before I go. Eight, and DeMond knows this. 8,000 sounds like 14 to 15. Like when, when you get 8,000 in Thomas and Mac and they start going crazy, it is really loud. So what they need to do is they need to put all their efforts into getting 8,000 on New Year's Day. You know, college football playoffs the night before, no excuses to get out there and to cheer on them against San Diego State. 
There you go. I like it. I like it right there. And and I got to get out there. I haven't got out to the Thomas and Mac to check out a UNLV yeah. hoops game just because everything going on with the Raiders. And, well, sure. you know how it is covering. But uh, I cannot yeah. wait to get out there and be able to check out some action myself uh, firsthand. So, Ed, thank you so much for your time. As always, we appreciate you. What you got coming out uh, on the press box and also the, the review journal that we need to be on the lookout for? Well, the review journal will just stick with the Raiders, right? Um, huge game against Denver this week. And then the press box, uh, we had Kelly McCrimmon on. We're going to stay on this Vegas Golden Knights thing with the COVID. Now, obviously, none of them are going to the Olympics. They're taking the NHL players out of the Olympics. Um, I'm hoping they get their game in tonight against Tampa Bay, but we'll stay all over that Golden Knights because I think that's an interesting story with the COVID and how many games are going to be canceled and if they can get a full season in because if they keep canceling games left and right, I don't know if you can get a full season in. Yeah, that's going to be uh, interesting, man. And this COVID thing is really coming back to rear its ugly head. Yeah. And I hate that for athletics and sports in general. But, uh, Ed, fantastic job as always, my man. I do appreciate you, and keep up the good work. Damon, we'll have a side bet on that San Diego State game. I'll come up with the, uh, I'll come up with the terms. All right, I'll be on the lookout. Yeah. <laughs> See right, ya. See ya. There he goes. Ed Graney right there from the press box. I should tell him that you like to do uh, on-demand push-ups. I think I should tell him that. No, but then the but but if but if UNLV wins, Ed's gonna have to do the That's push up. I don't think Ed's gonna win. That's fine. I think he's gonna <laughs> feel pretty confident. And the cool thing is, like, he could literally be doing an interview with us, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of his answer, be like, "Come on, give me ten. Like, that would be awesome. I would actually. I think that'd be pretty funny. I know a guy that knows a guy that may be able to get that message to him. <laughs> I know a guy on Twitter who has all the insights on everything going on in the building, so he can really get the message to him. But I do know a guy that can reach out to Ed and get him that message. So maybe that's what he wants to do. Two forty nine is the time. We'll come back. We'll close out hour number one. This is unnecessary roughness on Radio Nation Radio Die Twenty. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Going to just take a couple quick calls to close out hour number one. Then we'll kick into hour number two with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. We'll talk all things NFL. We'll also ask him about that win when he thought about the 16 to 14 win over the Browns. A guy that's been covering the NFL for many, many moons. He'll uh, break down what it means to win a game in the NFL and what it means to win a game in late December, but let's go out to a very patient Shields Up. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome back to the show. Q, how we doing, brother? Blessed, my man, blessed. Good, I'm wrapped up in Christmas lights, man, just trying to figure <laughs> things out. But... I know, that's right. <laughs> I, 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 we love it, though, right? Right? We love it. Yes. Okay, so the topic, my word for, for your for your theme is challenging. Okay. okay. Um, my old man told me that character is determined by his challenges. And I think this team has met that challenge. Um, I think the offensive line played admirable against that front. There was a two couple piece of people uh, pieces missing, but they held up against Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. What I don't understand is this: Why do we wait so long to go into the hurry up? Carr thrives in the hurry up. Yep. Why are we waiting till the last hour? Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't get it. I'm I don't with know you. because maybe. Go ahead. I, no, I'm with you. I, I, I wonder the same thing throughout the course of the game. Uh, how come How come they don't have at least some tempo? Because they play a lot better when they have that tempo. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is that the missing piece when Gruden left? Not sure. But um, I'm looking at that. Now, hopefully Abrams come back. Best game. You know, he your, your caller or your, your, uh, uh, your guest was right. He thrives in that type of defense. Hopefully, is he a, a situational defensive back? We don't know. But um, I called in a couple weeks ago, three three weeks ago, and, and Nation was down. It was a hard loss, mm-hmm. and I and I said, "Stay positive, everybody," and 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 it was just tough. So, but 
one game at a time. You're right. It's a cliche. But right now it's one game, and we need some help. Hopefully the Chargers slip up, the Colts slip up. It's going to be a tough game against the Colts. I think we can take Denver. And, and that's the thing, man. And to your question about being happy winning something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I yeah, asked okay, if you've okay. ever won something and you were upset about it. All right, can I, can I just let me unload on that one? Yeah. Being up here in the Northeast, and I'm outside with a beer, it's about 30 degrees, bro, but we love it. <laughs> I won some Patriot home game tickets. <laughs> and I was like, listen, I walked in the park a lot, and I, I, I gave this cap them for free. So I, <laughs> right, I got you. And that makes sense. That makes sense. Hey, great call, my man. Great call. I do appreciate you. That makes sense. And I know that someone's going to find something that they won that they're not a big fan of. I get it. But normally, winning something is way better Way better. I'll take winning something, even if it's Patriots tickets. I ain't got to use them. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, hell, you were, a, you were at a Christmas party. You want some alcohol that you weren't a fan of, but you still want it. Exactly. It's better than not winning anything. And then you get to do a good, you know what I'm going to do with that bottle? Regift it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you're winning. You are winning. <laughs> Let's go out to L.A. Talk to our guy, Eddie. What's on your mind, my man? Winning, that's what's on my mind. We won. And nothing else matters. You tell you it was great. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. But if you really look at it, all three phases of the game, of the team contributed to yesterday's win. So that's what we should be talking about. The fact that the kicking game was on point. Okay, the punt, the fake punt was on point. Mm-hmm. Defense and spots was on point. Yeah, we got gashed here, but they, they bent. They didn't break. And that's what they've been doing a lot lately is breaking. Mm-hmm. So it's kudos to them. You know, everybody wants to see Carr throw it up. But then they com- they they complain when they when he gets intercepted. It happens. Those right. things happen. You know, you want to get Jackson started. That's on Olsen. Olsen's got to get him started and start working the middle of the field with him. So then later on in the game, you can open up those deep passes. But you got to get him in the rhythm. I agree with you earlier. But as far as anything else, Nation's really got to hunt hunk down and understand it's the week to week league. All this whole season and be unexpected with everything that has happened. You never know where the chips may fall. Live to fight another week. Here comes Bronco. Let's do it again, baby. Raiders all day. There it is. Thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Good stuff. And I like that. Winning. Winning is what's on your mind. And that's exactly what should be on the mind of Raider Nation. It ain't got to be pretty, you know, but hey, it's a win. It is a win. And I know that all of us as young men, we've been in the club at two in the morning. And sometimes we take home a win that's not necessarily a win, but it's still better than an L. I'm just saying, we've all been there. We've all done that. 258 is the time. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.